Today on the newscast is the U.S.-Israel alliance headed for tough times thanks to the Biden administration's push for a new Iran nuclear deal. Plus, historian David Barton joins us to share the hidden history of America's relationship with Israel that goes back much further than you think. That's next. Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. I think it's safe to say at this point that the honeymoon, if there ever was one, between Joe Biden and Israel is now officially over. Now, over the past year since Biden took office, his administration and successive Israeli governments, first led by Benjamin Netanyahu and now led by Naftali Bennett, have gone to great lengths to avoid any kind of public spat over the Biden administration's insistence on reviving that disastrous Iran nuclear deal, which not only jeopardizes the security of Israel, but the security of the entire Middle East, of the United States, and the world. Now, we knew a day of reckoning was eventually coming when the leaders of Israel and the United States would have conflict over this Iran deal possibly coming back to fruition. And folks, we are now there. Now, over the past few days here in the newscast, you can check it out here in our archives. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time we post a new video. We detailed the Biden administration announcing that it is dropping sanctions against Iran's so-called civilian nuclear program. Not only that, opening bank accounts, overseas bank accounts that were frozen, reopening them, and allowing the Iranian regime, the world's number one state sponsor of terrorism, to have a financial windfall to receive $29 billion. This was, again, a completely unilateral move by the Biden administration. No quid pro quo, no offer by Iran to give something in return. No, a strictly unilateral move by the United States. $29 billion and sanctions relief, enabling the likes of China, Russia, and immoral European companies to now do business once again centered around Iran's nuclear program. That is where we are at, and that brings us to today, Tuesday, February 8th, where nuclear talks in Vienna, supposedly the final round of those talks, are once again restarting with the U.S., indirectly at least, Britain, France, Germany, China, and Russia all meeting with diplomats from Iran and trying to hammer out a new Iran nuclear deal. Remember, the original deal was signed back in 2015 under Barack Obama, whose vice president, by the way, was Joe Biden. President Trump rightly pulled the United States out of that deal in 2018. But ever since Joe Biden came into office in January 2021, he has been hell-bent on reviving the deal And here we are, and in Jerusalem, the Israeli leadership is watching this very closely. They watch the events of the weekend when sanctions were dropped, and alarm bells are going off. You can bet on it, folks, that if and when Israel acts, there will be strong condemnation uh, from the Biden administration and a full-on diplomatic blow-up, I would think, if things pan out that way, and it's looking more and more like they will. Not only that... Judea and Samaria, the biblical heartland, and Jerusalem, the ancient and ancestral capital of Israel. Uh, Israel continues to say, hey, uh, Jews should be able to live no matter where they want to live. They should be able to live in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, where their forefathers lived over 3,000 years ago. Seems like common sense to me, but we live in an age when 
common sense is not so common, and the Biden administration, Europe, and others will continue to pressure Israel over that as well, over building in Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem. So a diplomatic showdown coming there as well. All that to say, could the special relationship between Israel and the United States be in trouble thanks to the current leadership in Washington, D.C., and some of the decisions that they are making? Well, that is a very real possibility as well, number one. Uh, Number two, the U.S.-Israel relationship, I called it a minute ago a special relationship, it goes back much further than you think, folks. Think pilgrims. Think founding fathers. That's how far. We were joined recently on the Watchman TV show by historian David Barton. He's the host of America's Hidden History on TBN, and he went very deep into the hidden history, the largely unknown history of the U.S.-Israel relationship. David laid out how the men who founded this nation, the United States, were profoundly influenced by biblical Israel. Take a look. And we are joined now by the founder of Wall Builders and host of America's Hidden History right here on TBN, the one and only David Barton. Hey, David, when we're talking about hidden history, I think about the America-Israel relationship and what Americans who are overwhelmingly pro-Israel don't know about the history of this relationship, this special relationship. This is not a recent thing that began with the reestablishment of Israel in 1948. The founding fathers, even the pilgrims, were influenced by Israel. Tell us a bit about that hidden history here. Yeah, not only influenced by Israel, had a great love for Israel. Now, interestingly, at the time of like the pilgrims, um, Israel was the model for, for Christians, for biblical people, Israel was the model. And there was no knowledge that Israel was going to come back at that point in time. They've been gone for over a thousand years. But still, the love for Israel, the love for Jews was very, very apparent. Uh, While we had early groups coming to America, one of the early groups that came here in 1654, Jews that were fleeing the the persecutions from the Inquisition in Europe came to America. And Christians said, oh, wonderful, Judeo-Christian, Jewish folks are our brothers with Christians. And so there were Christian synagogues from very early years, back with, with long before the founding fathers, century before the founding fathers, Jewish synagogues thrived in America, and they thrived with Christians. Uh, Those two were side by side. It's interesting that even if you go back to the pilgrims, the first governor of the pilgrims was William Bradford. He was a governor, try this, for 30 terms. So William Bradford, governor for 30 terms of the pilgrims, and he was the great historian, wrote uh, about the pilgrims. And late in life, in his 60s, he goes and teaches himself Hebrew. Now, that's an extinct language, by and large, at that point. Here he is in America. He teaches himself Hebrew because he said, you know, this is the language that God spoke to his people in. I want to hear what it sounded like when Adam started naming the animals. He called them by name, and that was in Hebrew. I want to learn learn the language of the Jews because that's God's people. So here you have a governor who teaches himself that. But then as you move forward and get more into toward the founding father kind of time frame, Jews were persecuted around the world just as Christians were. Anywhere there was a state-established church like in Europe, they would persecute Christians and Jews, and it was Christians persecuting Christians and persecuting Jews. So a state-established church should never be confused with genuine Christianity because it's it's really not. But nonetheless, you had one of our founding fathers, Elias Boudna, who's the guy who signed the peace treaty to end the American Revolution. He's the guy who framed the Bill of Rights. He used his own wealth to say, I'm going to find persecuted Jews anywhere across the world and bring them to America. 
So he created a society that brought persecuted Jews into America, into a very Christian nation, but it was a very biblical nation. And so as such, it was not coercive. And you see that that kind of combination going. So by the time you get to George Washington being sworn in as president of the United States, in the swearing in of George Washington as president, there were seven different religious activities in his inauguration. And they were put together by a committee of 14 ministers who were both rabbis and Christian clergymen. So you have Jewish leaders and Christian leaders together creating the inauguration that had seven different religious activities. You back up the year before the inauguration, this is when we have ratified the Constitution of the United States. And as they're doing the big parade in Philadelphia, now since the Constitution's been ratified, we now have a nation with the Constitution. They had this big parade. And Dr. Benjamin Rush, who's a signer of the Declaration, said the best thing he saw in that whole parade was Christian ministers linked in arm with Jewish rabbis marching in that parade to celebrate the Constitution. And they saw that as a perfect model. And so the founding fathers are really drawn to Jews, drawn to the Jewish nation. And you have President John Adams and President John Quincy Adams who both say, we are looking for a time when Israel is reestablished as a nation in the Holy Land. And so they worked with leading Jews like in New York, Mordecai Noah. Mordecai Noah created a, a Jewish community in New York. And they said, man, we need you back in the Holy Land. We need Israel reestablished as a nation. So here you got founding fathers, essentially 200 years before Israel's reestablished as a nation, calling for the reestablishment of Israel as a nation. I mean, there's just so much cool history about the yeah. Jews and the Christians working together in America, uh, the number of Jewish patriots we had in the American Revolution, yeah. the number of Jewish officers we had in the Revolution. It's just cool stuff that nobody really knows today. It really is, but you know it very well. I think of a guy like Chaim Solomon as well yeah. during the Revolutionary War. That's an incredible story, David. It seems what you're saying, David, is that this nation, the United States, has really been a safe haven for the Jewish people going back hundreds of years. Christian as a, as a term is way too big. The term I prefer is biblical. Mm. And biblical, There, we know that right now only 6% of America has a biblical worldview. Most folks, including Christians, don't see things the way the Bible sees it because right now only 9% of Christians read the Bible on a daily basis. So we have a bunch of folks who claim to be Christian who support all sorts of stuff the Bible opposes. And so I like to think of America, early America, as being much more biblical than they were Christian. And because they were biblical, you can't read that Bible without seeing the role that Israel is the apple of his eye. The Jewish people are his people. And you esteem that. And we know from Romans 11 that, my gosh, we as Christians, we only get there because we're grafted into the Jewish tree. It's not the Jews that are grafted into the Christian tree. It's the Christians grafted into the Jewish tree. And when you know the Bible, you'll find the behavior toward Israel and toward Jews is very, very different. So when you had non-biblical nations that were supposedly Christian, like France and like Spain and others, they didn't read the Bible, but they said they were Christian and they persecuted Jews and they expelled Jews. And they did all, you know, we, we had the yellow star marking Jews going back into the ninth century, a thousand years before Hitler did that. Churches were doing that to say, oh, these are Jews, they're bad people. Well, you can only say that if you don't know the Bible. So I really do make a distinction between Christians and biblical and the biblical people understood what God said about the nation of, of Israel, about Jewish people, and about the cooperation of Jews and Christians as allies. 
folks, that is the kind of important information that you really aren't hearing anywhere else, and there's much more of it. If you want to watch my entire conversation with David Barton, just go to TBN On Demand. You see the information there on your screen. Pull up Watchmen episode 216, and you will see my entire discussion with David Barton. Again, there is much more of it, and it is fascinating stuff. I strongly encourage you to check that out. By the way, the consequences, we've talked about this often on the newscast, but the consequences of America turning its back on Israel would be severe. Genesis 12.3 is very clear that God will bless those who bless the nation of Israel and curse those who curse the nation of Israel. I believe one reason America has been more blessed than any nation really in the history of the world is because by and large we have blessed Israel and been a safe haven for the Jewish people. If and when that ever changes, America is in big trouble. I can guarantee you that. So let's continue to pray for a strong relationship between the U.S. and Israel and that my nation, America, where I'm coming to you from now, continues to be a steadfast friend and ally of Israel. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.